Hello, welcome to Soundwaves, the official podcast of the Ellen MacArthur Cancer Trust. Before we actually start this episode, I want to give a heads up that we'll be discussing body image. I just wanted to flag up that there will be conversations that mention hair loss, amputation and weight fluctuations, so please do bear that in mind. So this week we're talking to Sarah. It's a pretty in-depth conversation and I don't want to give away too much because Sarah tells it better than I ever could. She was supported by the trust while in recovery from osteosarcoma, a diagnosis which led to her leg being amputated along with other changes to her body. She now gives talks about her cancer journey, telling pupils in school and other young people about her story. And what a story it is, going from being a teenager who did find these physical changes tough to someone who takes complete ownership of her appearance, which has led to some really cool experiences in life, as we'll hear about. So please do give her your attention and gratitude as she tells us that story here today. Hi Sarah, thank you so much for talking with us this week. We're talking about body image. Can you give us a brief explanation as to why body image is something that we should be talking about? Yeah, I think body image um, is massive, especially at the moment um, with social media, like with Instagram and um, Facebook. I think there's a lot of expectations. However, I do think it's changing a bit and people, so for example, the whole filter thing on Instagram, I think people are cutting back on that and going more natural, which is a good thing. But in relation to like cancer, body image is massive, like with any type of cancer you have, I think your body image is affected in some way or another bit with the treatment or surgery or whatever else you have done so yeah I think body image is just it's a big topic and I think it affects everybody really in different ways and so before we get further into that conversation I think it'd be great just to know a little bit more about you and what your experience is with talking about body image and what what your story is so first of all could you tell us a little bit about your diagnosis yeah, so I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma when I was 16 years old um, in 2012. Um, I'd had pain in my right knee for about three months uh, leading up to my diagnosis. However, I didn't know that the pain in my knee was cancer. I just thought I'm young. Um, I probably pulled a muscle or something. I'd been to a physio and he actually spotted it first of all. So I went for an MRI. I paid for that privately. And I didn't personally pay, my family did, but um, I had that done and found out that it was bone cancer um, in my leg. So they weren't sure if it was osteosarcoma or human sarcoma at first, but after my biopsy down in Birmingham, they found out that it was osteosarcoma. So we knew what kind of treatment that I needed. So I had a lot of intense uh, chemotherapy, lost my hair lost a lot of weight I was already quite slim so I had nothing left on me basically and then they originally thought they'd be able to save my leg by putting well replacing the bone with metal basically but I think it soon became apparent that without amputation uh, they weren't sure if I would be able to survive you know if the cancer is spread or anything so that was the best option Uh, it wasn't an easy option it was very hard but I had that done and then carried on with chemotherapy for six more months and then had two separate um, lung operations to remove a couple of tumours in my lungs. And then that was like May 2013. And since then, I've been I've been all clear. So, yeah. And I guess the reason we're talking is you talk quite openly about, you know, your amputation and stuff. But I guess you mentioned there your, your hair failure as well. So when it comes to how you're feeling at that time, 
you're a teenager, what is it like looking back to how you felt about that at the time then and how you feel about your body image now? So at the time, body image, being 16 and losing my hair and my leg, it was absolutely massive. I think that was at the top of my list of worries, really, was how I looked. So first, when I get told I need to have chemotherapy, I thought my hair's going to fall out. That was the worst thing I could even think of. I wasn't even thinking of, you know, the sickness or anything else. It was my hair. So I had really long brown hair and I've never had it short ever or, you know, so that was massive. There was no way they could have saved my hair. So that was something I had to like work through and I did get a wig. And in the end, I ended up wearing hats and stuff, which was a lot more comfortable than the wig. But I think as you go through your journey, like you kind of, your hair becomes not as important. I know at the time it seems so important, but it just becomes so much less important. And then as time went on and I found out I did my amputation, I totally forgot about my hair because why did that matter when I was losing my leg? My hair would grow back, my leg wouldn't. So yeah, both of them things were massive for me was my the body image. But also, like I said, the weight loss as well. I just think when you have chemotherapy, your body's affected in so many different ways and it changes so much. So what happens on that journey from where you were then to where you are now? What kind of things make you feel more in control of um, the perception of your own body again? Yeah, so I absolutely am pretty much the opposite person to what I was back then. So back then I was so self-conscious about my hair, about everything. I think partly because I was 16, I'm now 25, you know, and I think what happens when you go through having cancer and chemotherapy, you absolutely grow up and you realise, like, what's important and everything. So now my hair... It does matter and I'm very grateful for the hair I have now. But, you know, you realise it's not as important as some things are. So because I had my amputation eight years ago now, I have got more used to that and how my body's completely different. But I think it's like a new normal for me and I've accepted that. And, yeah, it's a bit different, but it's quite nice to be a bit different now. Yeah. So for people who are listening to this, who are maybe at the start of this journey, the story that you're telling you're obviously in a place now that's much more comfortable with how you look and how you feel about how you look. But what along the way made that fall into place for you? What helped me on, on the way really was my family and friends. They were brilliant. Without them, I don't think I could have done it really. But apart from that, I also made friends through different groups, um, also through the Ellen MacArthur um, Cancer Trust. by And by talking to them, meeting new people and seeing people you know going from where they were to where I wanted to be was like an inspiration so I had that I think I know social media doesn't always get a good press but I think that really helped as well with finding people on there making friends and seeing seeing them just go from where I was to being where I wanted to be so just finding like inspiration and things and I think what helped mainly was I was 16 and I was quite young so I think what's helped has been that the fact that I've got older and now I'm in my mid-20s and I think I'm more settled in my life more and I'm, I'm comfortable whereas before I think when you're younger you are thinking about body image quite a lot and and things but um yeah people have mainly helped me really and pushed me really a bit maybe but if you have the right mindset and you know you can or if people can help you get to that then that's that'd be great yeah 
And when you're thinking about that, that perception of the new normal, you say there, is it strictly an aesthetic kind of awareness that you know something has changed? Or are you also thinking at the same time, accessibility things as well? Mm. It's, I'd say it was both. So obviously, everyone can see that it's changed and it, it has. But um, an accessibility thing, I didn't really think about that back when I was 16. All I was thinking about was, what am I going to look like with one leg? But since then, you realise and you come across different challenges, such as I now wear a prosthetic. And without that, I wouldn't be able to get about learning to walk again and having to adapt your life, not only like by how you look, but also physically with doing things such as even going out for a walk or, you know, your life completely changes that way. But again, I feel like because I have been young, I have like adapted quite well to that and, and I get around very well actually now my prosthesis lady who I see at Seacroft in Leeds she's brilliant and she thinks that you know I walk great really so yeah I'm very happy with that and you go to schools to talk about your experience so talking about it as something that you're used to what led you to doing that I've always felt quite open you know I'll talk about my cancer journey quite openly and I've been in touch with the Laura Cranius Cancer Trust for like many years even when I was poorly they they were like there for me so I started volunteering for them and then they had this opportunity come up to speak in schools and back then when I had cancer oh, I couldn't think of anything worse but um I kind of pushed myself and it was a massive challenge to go out there and stand in front of a hall full of students like there might have been a couple hundred and like I felt quite exposed because my leg was there and I was like oh but I I did it. The first one was very nerve-wracking. And then I think you build up and carry on from there. But I love doing it because I feel it does spread awareness of, you know, teenage, teenagers can get cancer, children can get cancer. And hopefully if it does help one person in that school, then brilliant. Yeah, and I do, I do enjoy telling my story. And I think the feedback I've had from schools has been very good because I think the students can really in some way like relate because I was their age. Um, when I had cancer and I think they find it quite interesting. I was going to ask about the feedback you get because if, if you're talking to 100 students, 100 or more students, there's going to be some who relate to what you've gone through and some who don't relate to what you've gone through but what kind of feedback do you get from both of those camps? Yeah so I've had, well I had one certain um, young boy, he at the time couldn't relate to it as such but he learned from me and then later on like checked his body and found that he actually had a lump and went to the doctors and found out that he had cancer so I suppose that side of it he'd he probably couldn't relate to my story as such but he kind of learned from it and then checked himself and found out he had cancer so that really did help him I think people who like the students may have a family member or um, a friend or something that had had cancer I think they could probably relate back to you know my story in some way or another and those who haven't been affected like by cancer I think just because I'm a younger person and, you know, they can probably relate that way. Like I was diagnosed when I was in college and, you know, they're probably going to be going to college soon so they can relate in that kind of way as well. That's interesting as well because I was assuming, you know, the talk you're giving is about the body image part of it, but actually you've raised awareness for that boy who went and checked himself. So it's not just that one thing, It's there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's more than just body image, really. I do talk about that, however, I do tell my full story and then I guess it makes people think about their own body as well and about checking for, for anything abnormal really. And so alongside all of that you've done some modelling as well. Um, I can't imagine any scenario where that doesn't sound utterly nerve-wracking. 
uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, oh, it ra- it was absolutely nerve-wracking for me at first. The reason I got into it was I'd, I'd done a few shoots for charity and things, and I'd seen a lady on Instagram, was she was an amputee actually, and she was signed up to a modelling agency. And I just looked into it and I thought, oh, I could give it a go. Because I think since having cancer, I just try and take every opportunity that comes my way. I don't know, I want to try and live my life to the full, as cheesy as it sounds. But um, yeah, so I signed up, I had my... Um, portfolio done and then some somewhere out of nowhere I don't know River Island got in touch with them and wanted me on one of this on their shoots so I thought I'll give it a go <laughs> went down to London and did the shoot but whilst I were there I was modeling the people that I'd modeled for massive high street brands you know even designer and they were asking me what experience I'd had and I thought none <laughs> somehow I'm here modeling for River Island so that was an experience and I think I always say if this had happened to me like 10 20 30 years ago it would be totally different like disabled people are so much more out there now you see them on telly on adverts you know modeling all over the place so I think it if there is a good time I guess it's now to be disabled. I was going to say do you think if you 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 know you you have had some sort of change to your body uh, if you see that difference represented in modeling and advertising just a general public visibility of it doesn't make a difference to you seeing that yeah absolutely it makes a huge difference you know I don't know 10 years ago you would not have seen people with different disabilities on adverts or anything but now seeing that for people I think it's like a comfort and they know that they're not alone and you know it it is normal so yeah it's very good and you see you're just like you're saying up to other things now just to give live life to the fullest are there other things like that you've done yeah I suppose there probably are um I've done a a couple of years ago I did a skydive I'm not sure I'd have done that before and it wasn't easy because obviously they didn't let me do the skydive with my prosthetic on I think that'd be a bit dangerous (laughs) so I had to get up there somehow so I did use my crutches and it was probably a bit more difficult than you, you know someone with two legs but I gave it a go and I really enjoyed that. So um, that was one thing. I'm trying to think what else I've done. I've probably just said I've turned into a bit of a yes lady. I'd like to try and say yes to everything. But if something comes along and I say no, I hate the thought of maybe regretting it because, you know, just try and if if things come your way, give them a try. If it doesn't go to plan, then at least you've tried, I guess. And we can't round off without talking a little bit about your time with the trust. It's been a few years now, but what kind of things do you think of fondly about your time with the Trust? Oh, I've got a lot of fond memories with the Trust. I just, I remember how like I changed from the start of when I first started coming on trips. So I'm trying to remember what the first year was, probably 2013 I first came on a trip and my hair was very short. I just finished my treatment. I'd put on some weight from the treatment and things. I wasn't feeling very confident. But I came down with my youth support coordinator and a few other um, young people. And I had such a good time, like making friends, talking to people, sailing, obviously. Just everything about it felt like, it even felt like I was abroad down on the Isle of Wight. So it was really sunny. It was so nice. I had such a great time. And then I think I came again like the year after, which again was brilliant. And from there, I thought, oh, I'd love to be involved in this charity. I just thought it was great. So that's when I wanted to come up, like become a graduate volunteer. So I did that, which was also really good. It's like a, a full form like community um, where you get to know people and you feel a bit like part of a family. So, yeah. And when I went back to be a graduate volunteer, then I knew people 
and I even went up to Largs and um, sailed up there as well which I'd never had a chance to do anything like that so yeah great opportunities and met amazing people that I still know today so that's brilliant. And talking about body image is there a benefit to being around people who've had cancer are they more understanding does it take some pressure off when there's a physical change that's new to you? Yeah um, absolutely I think because when you're on the trip and you're around people that are also dealing with you know such a big body change recently or and um, they've just had chemotherapy they understand exactly how you feel and I think even um, the skippers and people that work for the trust and volunteers they understand because they know everyone there you know it's um everyone seems to understand each other and you don't worry as much as oh I can't do something they help you and you do manage to do it it's so important that the young people you know you meet people and the people around you understand and we talked at the start about your relationship with your body when you were a teenager and you were going through this for the first time now you're in your mid-20s what is that relationship like now I'd say now in my mid-20s the relationship is very different I do feel more confident I have my days where I think oh I wish some people would stop staring at me I obviously I now choose to have my leg out on sure so I used to have it covered up when I was younger with well, it was made to look like a real leg but in my eyes it never did like I was always picking faults with it and I thought I'll never be able to do whatever else well I see other amputees and they were wearing the metal out as I call it and I thought I'll never be able to do that I want to look like a normal human as such but um I met a couple of amputees and then they had their metal out and I thought wow they've been through something and they look like they look so strong and I thought wow, I should be proud of what I've been through. So obviously I then got my metal out and got my leg on show. So now when I go out everywhere, obviously everyone can see it when they first meet me. It's not one of those taboo subjects, like can I talk about it? Obviously I'm now very open to talk about it, the fact that I have it out. So that absolutely changed me. And I think it's probably one of the best things I did because it just shows me and people know straight away the real me, I suppose. So before we go, this podcast will be available forever so people can who can't attend a session on body image this week can refer back to it. But for those who can make it along on Wednesday, what can they expect? What's it going to be like? So on Wednesday, me, Anna and Lorraine, um, who work at the Christie Manchester, will be talking about body image. We'll be answering questions from the young people and we'll be, we've got a few set questions that we'll be answering as well about body image. Uh, I think it'll be quite interesting to people and I think if I could have listened to this back when I was you know younger and going through my treatment I think it has been really helpful. That's it for this week thank you so much to Sarah and to you two for joining us. As we mentioned at the end Sarah will be taking part in a live session about body image this Wednesday along with Anna Mackland who's an occupational therapist and Lorraine Wright who's a youth support coordinator. The link to sign up for that session can be found on our social media and in the news story on our website accompanying this podcast. It will be a really rewarding discussion. And that is it for season three of Soundwaves. We'll be taking a break for a few weeks before returning towards the end of the year. Thank you to everyone who's listened over the last run of episodes. We really hope you've enjoyed them. And thank you to everyone who's given their time and joined us. Until next time, take care.